Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Anguilano, and joining me this week is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How, how have you been, Mike? It's been a second since we've been on here together. It's been a, a hot second, a couple of months. It's It's got to be, and it's always because Aaron is sick, and that is the case again. Aaron is once again sick, so it's the old uh-huh. man pod, the two oldest people in Palace of Pistons once again. Aaron's Aaron's got a constitution like a Southern Belle. I mean, this guy, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm like, what did he come down with today was the vapors. He's got the vapors. He needs a little, a uh, little bit of laudanum to get him through the day. It's all right. Man. Right. Dude, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Aaron Johnson, the first, the first uh, NBA media member ever to be out with hysteria. Uh, sorry to hear it. Right. Um, right. <laughs> um, Fighting hey, about of consumption. I know. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. The original typhoid Mary himself, Aaron Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just because uh, um, uh, his pride and joy, Stanley Johnson is signed with the Spurs. Yep. Yeah. We have to, we have to come clean. Aaron actually is totally fine. He is at Chuck E. Cheese right now. Uh, he's, he's pulling double duty. He's going to Chuck E. Cheese for the ski ball. And then he's going next door to Hooters for the um, wings. Uh, and he's I want to go to a strip mall that has that layout. Oh, strip mall! <laughs> you said strip mall. I'm sorry. right, 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 right. I, no, I, I, that that is like some some Sims level of city planning to put the Chuck E. Cheese next to the Hooters. At, if you've ever been to Chuck E. Cheese, you know they they recently got rid of um, uh, pitchers. You know you can't get. I, I actually can you still get booze there. Because I've seen way too many stories I about have parents no idea. <laughs> getting in fights at Chuck E. Cheese. It's because they would give out pictures. Like the kids are playing whatever games, and then the parents are getting wasted because what else are they going to do? And they're getting in fights right. at, at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, but yeah, enough about Aaron's day. Uh, we we actually have a lot of Pistons news this week. I mean, we should probably get into the most important thing, first of all, right? And that's Kate Cunningham. Right, and that is Kate Cunningham. But before we dive into... All of that Pistons news. We'd like to thank our sponsor again for this week, which is Bet Online. And basketball's back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code BLEAV. That's B L 
B-L-E-A-V. Again, betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, on your first deposit. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Jasper, let's get right into it because, like you said, there is a lot of Pistons news that has just come down over the last couple of days, really the last couple of hours, and none looms larger for the rest of the season than Cade Cunningham reportedly planning to undergo season-ending surgery on his shin. He was battling that for about a month. He hasn't played since November 9th. Um, you know, we got some flack in the YouTube comments a couple weeks ago, Aaron and myself, saying that if Cade's healthy, he should play. There was a lot of pushback saying he shouldn't play, even if he has, you know, a tiny toe injury, a tiny anything. If his nose is sniffly, hold him out because we need as many losses as possible for Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And, uh, you know, now now he is out for the season, uh, reportedly. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the ramifications of that as a possibility, but you know, you were not on that podcast. So what are, what are your thoughts now uh, that Kate is out for the rest of the season? What are your thoughts for the Pistons moving forward? Things to evaluate for the rest of the year. I mean, this is a big, it's a big blow. There's, there's just no other way about it. No, without a doubt. I mean, this is the Pistons best player. And I know Bojan Bogdanovic has been absolutely incredible this year, but, but still really Cade is the guy that, that makes it all work. Um, and this is nothing less of a, I mean, this is just a huge blow, uh, period. Uh, RIP to those Pistons over 29 and a half um, wins uh, bets this year that were placed. Cause those oh, are, yeah. those are done, That's over. done now. Yeah. Uh, RIP to the, the 50 bucks I put on them for that. Oh, well, oh. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, man. That's basketball. Um, but yeah, I think this is, this is one of those situations where you have to look at the silver linings because we've kind of suspected this was going to be the case. Uh, we were hoping for otherwise, but it is what it is. And now the people who want Cade to sit out, whether he's healthy or not, well, they don't have to worry about it now because he's, he's done for the season. Uh, Troy Weaver said it's going to be, you know, three, four months. So (laughs) unless they're in the NBA finals, I don't think we're going to be seeing Cade Cunningham back. Here's the upside though. And especially when it comes to the Pistons looking down the path, you know, of course you can't take away from the fact that they are now basically a lock for a top five pick. Uh, it, it's almost inconceivable that they're not going to be picking in the top five, which is good. This is the type of draft class you want to be picking in the top five for uh, some great wings in this draft class. Obviously there's some guy from France who's in there too. I don't know his name. Never haven't heard much about him. Never heard I think of him. Yeah. I think he's pretty good. And ultimately though, for Cade, long-term, this isn't something that should affect him. It's it's a shin injury. It sucks, but it's something that can get fixed, and it's not something that should have long-term effects. Uh, he's already not a great athlete. This is not going to affect his athleticism. This shouldn't affect the way he plays the game. It shouldn't be a long-term nagging injury. That is good. Second thing that's good about it is now Cade is going to have an entire offseason where he's healthy, knock on wood, that he's going to be able to to bring his game forward for his third year in the league. And obviously nothing can replace game reps, but that is a good backup to have right there. You know, he's going to have a whole off season where he's going to feel fresh. He's going to feel good. He's not going to have those nagging injuries. 
he's going to be good to go for next season. Whoever is playing alongside him is going to, is going to definitely, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. They're, they're going to be better off because of it. Um, third, it gives you an opportunity to see what the rest of this roster has. And I know Jaden Ivy hasn't looked very good without Kate Cunningham on the floor next to him. That was something I think we all expected of him. We all knew he was really raw coming into this, into, into the draft. We all knew that he was a guy that was going to take a little bit of time in order to really mature and grow into his game because he's such an explosive athlete. He needs that refinement in other aspects of his game. And so gives you a better chance to see, you know, exactly what you need to do with Ivy, exactly where he needs to grow going into next season, all the things that you can go into for the rest of this season that you can work on, those you know, those leaps and bounds that rookie point guards have to make every single year. Mike, you know this as a Cavs fan, watching Darius Garland, there is always a learning curve for rookie guards in this league. And Jaden Ivey is no different than any of them. So it gives you an opportunity to get past that. And lastly, I think it really gives you a great opportunity to see exactly where Killian Hayes is for the rest of the season. Is this a short-term you know, little spurt that he had to get his numbers back to his career averages? Or is this long-term who he is now? Did he make that little leap into really being a long-term part of this rotation? In that sense, that's a blessing. It really gives you an opportunity to see what the young guys on this roster, other than Cade, who is a known commodity to a certain extent, really gives you an, an idea of where they are going into the next season, the things they can build upon in this season. Those those are good. Um, other than that, it's hard to be too optimistic about, you know, the guy who really is the number one reason why you watch this team being out for the rest of the year. Right. And we we had talked earlier, Aaron and I, about the possibilities as a fan, how, how you could still muster up the strength to watch the Pistons. And, you know, now that this is confirmed, you're right. The Killian Hayes factor is is the immediate. All right, what do we got? Sort of, sort of deal right now. You want to see if he's going to be a part of your future. You already know that Jay Nivey is because you've invested a, a very high draft pick in him, and he's a rookie. Bogdanovich, which we'll get to later. You know, you figure he's going to be part of the team as well. And we've talked about. Sadiq Bay and you wrote a, a you know a very good article for Palace of Pistons about the weird year that oh, Sadiq Bay is having. Oh, you, it was it was very me. good. Anybody that could find <laughs> a way to write you know two thousand words on Sadiq Bay when you know he was in a very he was in a slump before he was moved to the bench and he started to recover a little bit. You know it's it, it's now evaluation time and I really wish we could have evaluated these players with Cade because that's who's going to be the fulcrum for the next team that's going to make a playoff push or a play-in push. So it would be nice to have Cade there, and they weren't all that good even with Cade on the floor. So I don't think that losses would have been a big deal, but it would have been nice to have him out there. So now now, now that we know he's not, you have to go in and evaluate. And, then I, and I actually checked the on-off um, stats for Jay Nivey without Cade Cunningham, and they're not pretty. No, they're in terrible. 900, you know, almost 1,000 possessions they have a differential of minus 11 Hayes, Ivy, Bogdanovich, Bagley, and Stewart as a lineup is minus 20.9. They actually average 88.8 points for hundred possessions. I mean, the offense is crater. It's, it's really bad. 
And um, those are the sorts of players, though, Hayes and Ivy and um, even Marvin Bagley to an extent to see what sort of role he's going to have on next year's team as as you know, a playoff push is is more likely in the cards, and Isaiah Stewart as well. Um, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us to evaluate the the younger guys. And with Stewart and Sadiq Bay due for extensions, and you know a, a handful of the young, you know the younger players being in trade talks as well. Um, we've we've talked about Bay in trade talks for a while. We'll get to that later on in this podcast as well. But now is evaluation time, and it's really unfortunate. And and you know, Killian Hayes has the potential, him developing has the potential to be this season's biggest coup, the biggest win for the season. It's not going to be in the wins and loss column, but Killian Hayes looking like a potent backup point guard or somebody that you're not going to feel like the wheels will not only fall off, but they'll burn up and wither away and fall into the ocean type of deal. When Whenever he enters the court, that's the sort of thing that, you have to come away with with a non-Kate Cunningham season thing. Okay, yeah, they won 18 or 19 games or whatever it's going to be, but Killian Hayes showed that he could be the guy as a backup point guard. Sadiq Bay showed that he could, you know, get to the rim more frequently and hit hit his free throws. Could we, you know, we know he's a very good free throw shooter. Isaiah Stewart develops a three point shot. Okay, maybe it's just corner threes, but it's something that makes him a little more multidimensional. Those are the things we have to look for the rest of the season. Um, but it's really unfortunate uh, to be I, I, without Cade for the rest of the year. I will say uh, one guy that I think really is hurt the most by losing Cade is Jalen Duran. That's a guy you really wanted to see, especially now that he's coming on a little bit stronger. He's starting to solidify his place in the starting lineup. That is a guy that you'd really like to have seen he and Cade build a little bit more chemistry this year. That's a shame, I will say. That is really a shame, especially when we're talking about evaluating guys. But yeah, overall, Mike, I I think you're absolutely right. This just gives you an extra opportunity to see what the other players on your roster, when they're pushed into a position where they don't have Cade Cunningham to give them the ball, where they don't have Cade there to take those big-time crunch possessions, I think it gives you another opportunity to see what those players have. And even more so, and I, I think this is probably what we're going to get into next, look, now that Cade's gone and you don't have to worry about, oh, are we going to try and fight for the play-in, um, this gives you an opportunity, if you are going to make some trades, really to showcase the players that you're going to be putting on the block. Uh, guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, yep. guys like Alec Burks, Sadiq Bey, and Nerland Snowell. Yep, and that is a good segue into our next topic, which I think has been on everybody's mind for the last couple of weeks, uh, but now it's at the forefront with Kate Cunningham out is the trade market. And there's a glut of teams that think that they can contend. There's a glut of teams at the top of each conference that think that they are, you know, one piece away. Um, And the Pistons have plenty of guys who could fit the bill for any of those roles. And, um, the the most common one that we've seen so far for Detroit is is Bogdanovich, and it was reported that the Lakers had made a a deal for two of their first round picks uh, for Bogdanovich. Uh, it was reported that you know there were a handful of teams still in, interested, including the Phoenix Suns. Um, it was it has come out though that the Pistons, who really don't need to move. Bogdanovich and I think we were on that train of like yeah you know we really don't need to move him 
Uh, we could, but they did just re-sign him. So they're looking for potentially you know, a more of an unprotected or very loosely protected first-round draft pick for Bogdanovich. Let's start with Bogdanovich now. He has been, I, I, I think, inarguably the Pistons' best player this year. His ability to stretch the floor um, has has been incredible for a team that was so terrible at it last year. He He's single-handedly won the Pistons a couple of games. I mean, there's a handful of games on that West Coast road trip that they don't win without Bogdanovich playing as well as he did. Um, let's start with Bogdanovich. Since you said before the podcast you had a couple of fake trades, do you have any other fake trades? And I know that you mentioned a few of them on the our, our sister podcast, um, Palace of Pistons After Dark. But any any other thoughts on Boyan Bogdanovich? I mean, when it comes to Boy Bogdanovich, I think we've already kind of addressed it a little bit. Look, if the, if the package isn't right, I don't want to move on from him. He's a really good player, and he's the only guy that's that's not only kept them in games, but has won them a couple games at that. Even more so, I think what he brings to this team in terms of veteran leadership, it's crucial. And I feel like every year... People want to underplay how integral having veterans who have been there before and have won, how important that is to your team, especially when you have such a young locker room like the Pistons. Um, I mean, you really want to, it's no secret, one of my favorite shows of all time is uh, NBA TV's uh, Players Only. I just think it's one of the best basketball shows that's ever been put together. And one of the things they have on there is, you know, it's these panels of former players really talking about the NBA and what goes into it. And one thing you will always hear from them is just how important, especially guys like Shaq, how important having players that had been there before and knew how to win was to growing them as players. He gives Horace Grant a lot of credit for that. And I think it's really something that people overlook as a crucial element to any team. It's great that they have Corey Joseph. It's great that they have guys like like Rodney McGruder. But like Boyan Bogdanovich is a high-level player that has been in high-level situations for really, really good teams. And that is something that I don't think that you can just overlook. When it comes to the Lakers trade, I'm with Troy Weaver on this. Unprotected first-rounder or no deal. And I think that that has to be kind of the guideline to any trade that comes that happens with him. I don't necessarily have a whole lot of things and on Bogdanovich, and that's simply because there's too many teams that would be interested in him uh, for me to even come up with a potential trade that would make sense. I mean, there should be like 24 teams calling for him. Yeah, I think, I think Shams in his report said 12 different teams are interested in Bogdanovich. And frankly, I'm surprised it's that low. So for me, I, I think it's one of those things, yeah. The Lakers trade, fine. They want to trade Pat Bev and salary, whatever. That's cool. But it's going to have to come with an unprotected first-rounder. Anything other than that is a non-starter for me. Yeah, I I would agree. I think an, un, an unprotected first would, would be enough to keep me listening on the phone. But, you know, you have an asset that a lot of teams want. There's no need to just settle and trade him for the sake of trading him. And as Sham said in his article, you know, the Pistons are not eager to move him. He's been a quality veteran for a very young team. He's been to the playoffs, and they they just don't have to move him if they don't have to. Some of the more interesting players um, are, are well, to me, are, okay, the most interesting one is Sadiq Bey. 
and her league sources via Shams and the Athletic, uh, or not Shams, actually, it's James Edwards III, pardon me. The Pistons have been having calls and discussions about uh, the third year forward. It's kind of difficult to think about, um, considering we we were here two years ago saying, you know, singing the praises for Sadiq as, you know, as one of the building blocks that uh, was brought in to really start off the rebuild. But he's having a, a poor season. He's shooting just under 30% from deep. He was moved to the bench. He showed a little bit more uh, potential. He showed a little bit more panache. Um, he's taken some meaningful strides uh, to be more than just an outside shooter. Uh, he is a good free throw shooter, so if he can sort of leverage his ability to get in closer to the basket and get fouled, should theoretically help things. He's not the best defender in the world, um, but he is at this point what he is. He is, you know, a, a, a quote unquote older third year forward. He is twenty three, and he appears to be very gettable right now. So, Jasper, what are your thoughts on trading Sadiq Bay, and and what sort of package would you want to get back for him? Same, same as it always has been. Honestly, like I, I first off, I don't think he's going to be traded. I just don't think it's going to happen. Second off, I, I am going to take a little victory lap on Sadiq moving to the bench. I literally said it from the from preseason. I said Sadiq Bay should probably be the guy that ends up going to the bench this year. Um, and kudos to to Dwayne Casey. He's done it, and the immediate returns have been pretty solid so far. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to have him off the bench with his skill set, especially if he's not, you know, a, a super, super accurate knockdown catch and shoot three point shooter like he has been really not in years past for one year. He was for his rookie year. And I think the fir- the the more we move on from that, the better we're going to be able to be evaluate what he is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, when it comes to Sadiq Bay, I'm not really interested unless I'm getting back. A, a high level first, which I don't think you're going to get for him or, and I think this is really the thing that I've thrown out there. You need to, you need to package him with somebody in order to get back like a good star ish player, somebody like John Collins. That's been the guy I've really had my eye on. I, I think he would really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Your front court is going to be a little bit more um, congested if you do that. But what if you package Bay with, um, you know, Marvin Bagley. I don't know if that's something that the Hawks would necessarily be interested in, but for me, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so yeah, I, I think when it comes to Sadiq, I don't think he'll be moved. They're just doing their due diligence on that. I, I will say one last thing on the Bogdanovich trade. Them extending him was really big. That was a huge move because they don't have to trade him this year. They can see what they have, hold on to him, his trade value is not going anywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, the idea that like Boyan Bogdanovich's trade value is going to crater after this season is ludicrous to me. He's, is there any part of his game that like you're like, oh, well, that's going to go away once he goes no. from 33 to 34? Absolutely right. not. Like <clears throat> that's that's his game. So I think his game's going to age really well. And now that he's under team control for a little bit longer, you can see where you're at after next year or during next season and make a trade then. It's still going to be there. It's the same thing we were saying about Jeremy Grant last season, where it's like, you don't you don't have to make a trade if it's not there for you. Um, and ultimately, what they ended up doing, instead of trading it for Cam Reddish, it bagged them Jalen Duran. So I think we can all see 
that being patient with assets like that, assets that age well, it's not a bad thing. Uh, and I think Sadiq Bey, you know, he is still under control for next year as well. Same sort of deal. I just don't think it makes sense to trade him right now while his trade value is so low, unless a team really is is going to be willing to give you back a player like, like, say, a John Collins type. So that's where I'm at with Sadiq right now as well. Yeah, I would wager he's not going to be traded either um, because, like you said, they'd be selling at very low value. Uh, and That just doesn't seem like something that Troy Weaver would do unless they get overwhelmed by some sort of an offer. Um, I think you got to stick it out, let him be on the bench for a while. Uh, that does seem like the role he's best suited for, uh, especially considering it looks like the Pistons want to play two bigs uh, as sort of their primary starting lineup, and that's going to move Sadiq to the bench. Um, and the way that he's playing, there's not really any justification to deviate from that. He's he's more suited to the four uh, as opposed to the three, So, at least on the defensive end. And that's just sort of how it's going to have to play out. You have to see what his value looks like. And, you know, he's another guy who could be could be moved later um, or his extension is a different number than what we had initially thought heading into this year. What about a couple of the uh, bench guys, Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks? Let's let's start with Nerlens Noel. It seems like a lot of teams are interested in Noel. It was reported through The Athletic that Portland, Sacramento, Miami, and Dallas have been the most engaged when it comes to getting Noel. All of them are looking for some sort of rim protection. There are quite a few bigs on this roster already. Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, as you had already alluded to, uh, and they just signed Marvin Bagley. So there's there's a lot of bigs on this roster. We kind of always thought he would be one of the guys to be moved, uh, Noel, that is, along with Alec Burks. Any Any thoughts on moving Noel first? Yeah, uh, Noel is the guy I came up with a few fake trades for because this is a player that not only do I think could be traded, I think should be traded. And I think that the Pistons are doing themselves a disservice if they don't because he's still a really solid interior defender. He's still relatively young and he's not got a bad contract whatsoever. So I, I think they're doing themselves a disservice by not trading somebody like Nerlens Noel who does have suitors. Um, first off, I'll hit on the uh, idea of Dallas. That one's the most simple. Yeah, I didn't even need to ring up the trade machine in order to figure this one out. I think Reggie Bullock for Nerlens Noel makes a lot of sense for both teams. Reggie Bullock, really good wing defender. He hasn't shot well this year, but he never shoots well to open up the season. He is a good shooter. The shot's starting to come back. It's going to continue. And now that the Mavericks have kind of screwed the pooch in terms of the Christian Wood signing, in terms of the JaVale McGee signing. They desperately need a player like Nerlens Noel. Reggie Bullock's really big to what they do in, in terms of their his wing defense. I mean, there's a reason he still is playing so many minutes for them despite not shooting well. It's because he's crucial for them there. And that's definitely a thing I think that the Pistons could use in the short term and in the long term. His shooting, his defense, the salaries work. To me, that is kind of like a one-for-one one move. I think both teams win in that scenario. Uh, let's move on to the the Heat. That's a little tougher one. I think what could work for them there, something like Nerlens Noel and Kevin Knox, who has absolutely rehabbed that value a little bit. I mean, look, let's get real. He's still not a good pick in the lottery, but I, I think he's played quite well for Detroit uh, since he's started to make his way into the rotation. 
he's somebody that could have a little bit of appeal. So I think something like Duncan Robinson for Nerlens Noel and Kevin Knox, maybe you get yourself another couple second round picks in there as well, because you are eating, you know, a pretty hefty salary over a few years with Duncan Robinson. I'm not crazy about that one. To be honest, the Heat don't necessarily, that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for both teams because the guys I'd really want, like something like Gabe Vincent and um, not Max Struess, but uh, Caleb Martin. A, a package like that would be awesome for Detroit. I just don't think the Heat are going to be willing to give up two players like that for Nerlens Noel. Um, when it comes to the Blazers, that's another one that's kind of hard because in order to make those salaries match, you know, you, you kind of need to make some things happen. So I threw together um, Nas Little, Keon Johnson, and Jabari Walker for Nerlens Noel. I think in that case, you get a guy like Nas Little and Keon Johnson. They're still pretty young. Uh, Keon Johnson signed for the next three years. They're not getting a whole ton of playing time in Portland right now. Keon Johnson, Nas Little, they both can shoot. They both have pretty good bodies. I think those are guys that are definitely, especially in a season like this one, now that Cade Cunningham's gone, worth looking at what you have there. Maybe you wave Jabari Walker. He's just kind of there to make the, the salaries work. Um, same with the Kings. That's another tough one. I threw out Malik Monk for Nerlens Noel. I don't think they'd go for it. I'd love to have Monk, but he's such a big part of where they're at right now. He's so crucial to, to their offense. I can't see them making that happen. So the other one I threw in there was something a little less sexy. Terrence Davis and Trey Lyles, the returning champion to oh, Troy wow. Trey Lyles. I know, right? It's the only way you can make the salaries work. Um, for Nerlens Noel, obviously Trey Lyles is not a guy that would be playing a lot for you. That sucks for him. But I think Terrence Davis, again, young shooting guard. Um, you know, he could shoot the three ball a little bit, not getting a lot of playing time in Sacramento. I think it's a it's a nice lottery ticket to throw out there. You know, maybe even throw something like, yeah, I I think those for me, those are trades that that sort of make sense. Um, but let's be real, there's a good chance he just gets traded for like a second round pick and some salary filler. That's kind of how it is in the NBA. You, you never know what guys' value are, especially when they're not playing on a bad team like Detroit. Right, and and we always overvalue. We the fans always overvalue players on teams that we like. Yep. A tale as old as time. Um. So what about Alec Burks? Burks really stabilized the bench. He's been everything that we sort of thought he was going to be um, heading into the season. Off the bench, he's 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 been basically what the bench has desperately needed. It was one of the worst bench units. It's probably still not a very good bench unit, but he really stabilized things. So, you know, what about for Alec Burks, who again we he's thirty one. He has a ten and a half million dollar team option for next year. What what would you want to get for Burks? Oh man, I mean, it'd be the same sort of thing. I would want like a late first, or- right? a nice young player back, but I don't necessarily think you're going to get that in return for Alec Burks. I'm not really interested in moving on from Burks. I know this is not a season where you're planning on winning, but like you need to remain competitive. That's just the fact of the matter. Right. Even if you aren't a good team, you need to have some sort of competitiveness and Burks, just like Bogdanovich, he's a guy who's been there before. I think he's a player that absolutely stabilizes that bench unit. I'm not really interested in trading Alec Burks and the real reason is because I don't think you're going to be able to get back commiserate value for what he brings to this team. It just doesn't seem like the right move right now. I think, again, like Bogdanovich, he's a player, and again, like you said, it's a team option that can absolutely help this team next year 
when they are absolutely going to be trying to win. If they're not yeah. trying to win next year, that's then I'm going to have real questions, not just about Dwayne Casey, about Troy Weaver. Um, that That's when you start getting into that sort of like, mm, what are we rebuilding towards kind of feeling. So for me, Alec Burks, again, it have to be one of those things, getting a late first. But even then, I don't, I don't really know if that's worth it for Detroit. You have a lot of young players. You have a lot of, of talent. You're going to have another top five pick. Do you necessarily need another young guy on a rookie deal? Mm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced on that. So for me, I think I'm holding on to Alec Burks. Yeah. You know, he, he has just stabilized that bench so dramatically. And like you said, you need you need guys to score. You need guys to play, no matter how bad the team is. And Alec Burks is no stranger to um, doing exactly that for bad teams. He was on that Cavs team that uh, was post-LeBron's second departure, and there were only maybe a handful of reasons to watch them. Colin Sexton and... Jordan Clarkson for a little while before he was traded. You know, you need vets to just score. You need vets to go out and soak up minutes. You need vets to be around young guys. He's a he's a 12-year veteran, and he has been a huge help for the Pistons this year. Uh, we're going to have a lot more trade talk, I'm sure, throughout uh, the next several months. And, you know, the reason that this is so pertinent is because starting on Thursday, uh, which is the 15th of December, uh, most of the players who had signed contracts this past summer are eligible to be traded. So that's why this is at least worth having a discussion because those trade rumors may start to kick up a little bit of dust um, sooner rather than later. And now that Cade's out too, it's like, come on, right. we know what the rest of the season is, right? It's it's see what you have, make some trades. Um, you know, you just got to keep moving forward and and solidify the roster for next year, I think. But I I am really, I'm really, I want to say, you know, before we wrap this up, next year they need to win. They need to win. And guys like Bogdanovich, guys like Alec Burks, you are going to need players who fit their profile on this roster if you're going to win next year. So I just, I really have a hard time seeing them moving both guys. Maybe they move one, but I have a really hard time seeing them moving them both. So especially since... Burks is affordable for next year. Even, you know, him and Killian and Sadiq on the bench, along with Marvin Bagley. I mean, it's a fine bench. That's nice. Like that's a nice looking bench right there. So I think for me, that's something that I'm interested in. Just, I want to lock that down. And then if you're bringing in somebody like Victor Webanyama into this lineup next year, I mean, forget it, forget it. You've got a decent team right there. You've got a team that is not just like this year's team. We're like, ah, maybe they're good. Next year, you're looking at the team and you're saying, they better be good. Right. They better be good next year. So right. that, that's kind of where I'm at. Or at least significantly more competitive. I mean, they're still going to be very young. Yes, but, but they, they need to be... no, they need to compete for a play-in spot next year. Right. There's yes. no excuse. If you have Cade, Jaden Ivey, another top three, top five pick um, to go alongside Jalen Duran and, and that bench unit, for me, I think there's no excuses. You, you have to be competing for 35 plus wins at the minimum next year. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about next year. Oh uh, yeah. Because that's all that we're going to be talking about for the next several months. (laughs) Uh, Hey, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to have some great articles. We're going to have plenty of Palace of Pistons After Dark episodes coming yes. out for you as well. Mike, you and Aaron and Tim, you guys, I was cracking up at at, at, at that discussion you guys were having. So I'm really excited for, for what we're going to I believe that was our good friend Donovan Collins who was there. It was not me. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, it wasn't me. Oh, I thought you got a haircut. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> I, You and Donovan kind of look alike. Oh, that's really embarrassing now. Uh, note to the editor. Edit that out. <laughs> note to the sick editor. Yeah, that's um, right. I'll be well, he's not doing anything him. else. That's a good I, point. He doesn't have I mean? to talk to edit. I know Hooters has Wi-Fi. I think <laughs> Hooters has Wi-Fi. I don't know. Yeah, they probably <laughs> do at this point. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll just leave that right there. But yes, please check us out on palacebusiness.com. We do have plenty of written content. We might be getting to season previews a little bit sooner than we thought that we would, but we'll certainly have some draft content coming out. And uh yeah, you know, as as these trades happen, we'll have rapid reactions to them as well. Check out our sister podcast, sister brother podcast. It, it doesn't matter. Our sibling podcast, Palace of Pistons After Dark, that's hosted by Tim Forkin. Certainly encourage everybody to listen to that as well it's very different from this podcast but in a in a funny quirky awesome way we'd also like to thank our sponsor bet online for once again being the sponsor of this week's podcast uh, again go to betonline.ag receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v so for jasper apollonia i am mike anguilano thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of the palace of business podcast we will see you all next time Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.